I'm Carol Lloyd, and this is Like a Sponge, the podcast about the science of how children flourish and learn. Today, we're looking at how kids discover something that research shows is hugely important, but not that common, a sense of purpose. How can we, as parents, help our own kids find direction? You may say, well, yeah, I want my child to find their passions, of course. But this is a little different. Give me a sense of purpose, a real sense of purpose now. Passions feel good. They give us thrills and chills, but meaning, not so much. Purpose is different. It gives us a long-term focus for our lives. Take my brother. In his teens, he was obsessed with surfing. School was just a morning meeting place to decide which beach to go to for the rest of the day. He never graduated high school. He and his friends were actually incredible athletes, but the pure pursuit of the perfect wave offered no GPS for their lives. It was a passion, not a purpose. And then in his early 20s, my brother started painting. He went to art school, suddenly had this budding career and a whole direction for his life. But some of his surfing buddies were not so lucky. They spun out, got into trouble, drugs, alcohol, suicide, even crime. Passion wasn't enough. So what does it look like when a young person finds their purpose? Meet Armando. He grew up in Southside Chicago in a neighborhood called Back of the Yards. This two-by-two-mile square in the south side of Chicago used to be the meatpacking district. Upton Sinclair's novel, The Jungle, made it famous as a place where immigrant families struggled to survive in harsh conditions. And even now, life isn't easy there. Kids had few opportunities and the freedom to get into trouble. After school, all we look forward to were like the the after school soccer games in the alley. This, over time, developed into us just not caring about school and not really paying attention to it. You know, our parents couldn't really ever help us. They didn't know what we were learning. But where others see social problems, Armando, he sees a community. We have one of the largest uh, flea markets in Chicago. (laughs) And that place is just, it's just lively. It's just full of a bunch of families shopping, um, buying fruits, buying their vegetables. Anybody here takes advantage of every single thing they got. If it's a nice day out, even if it's a Thursday, they're having a cookout. You know, uh, people in back of the yards are very grateful for what they're given. Armando tested into a college prep high school outside the neighborhood. And suddenly, he saw how a lot of other kids were living. They had private tutors and parents who could help with their homework. Meanwhile, his friends back home, they were starting to fall off track. A lot of those kids that I went to school with in grammar school came to drop out. You know, they were joining gangs. They were um, getting pregnant at a very early age and just knowing them as children and listening to their aspirations versus seeing what is actually happening, how they're realizing their life. It just made me realize that they have so much potential and they have so much dreams and ambitions that just aren't reached because the opportunities aren't there. His best friend was one of those kids. The two fell out of touch when they went their separate ways for high school. He was just in the street with people he, um, people he shouldn't be with. And then by junior year, he had dropped out and he became a gangster. And it was just extremely sad. Um, seeing that kid I grew up with, the one who comforted me throughout pre-K, become the gangster and the person he didn't want to be when he was younger. 
He wanted to go to college and become a police officer. Armando started thinking about how different these paths were. The kids in his high school, schooled by private tutors. The kids in his neighborhood, schooled by the streets. I felt like the main root of the problem was access to educational resources, educational opportunities. When Armando got to high school, he realized what the kids in the back of the yards were missing. They needed someone who could help them with their schoolwork. So he started tutoring elementary school kids in his neighborhood. And he realized he could have an even bigger impact by getting other high school students involved. In his junior year, Bridge Tutoring was born. Bridge Tutoring is a citywide tutoring initiative ran by high school students. So what we do is tutor and mentor grammar school-age students in under-resourced communities across the city of Chicago. And we do this through free after-school tutoring. The tutors are top-performing high school students from the same neighborhoods as the kids they're helping. That's by design. So the younger students have mentors who are like them. They see people who come from their community from extremely similar backgrounds succeeding and thriving in high school and beyond. They really have that role model. They really have that mentor, that image of what you could be when you're older. This year, Armando won the Gloria Barron Prize for Young Heroes, a national award given to young people who are doing extraordinary work to change the world. But for Armando, the reward comes from the feeling he gets when he's working with kids. When I'm helping the students through tutoring, through mentoring, and I'm seeing them grow, it makes me extremely... I can't describe how happy it makes me knowing that I'm helping children that were once in my place. Armando's now a freshman at the University of Chicago, but this isn't something that just looked good on his college application. He still tutors and runs the program. It's that magic feeling of doing something that matters. It's knowing that his talents have found a match in the world. It gives him a sense of purpose. What makes a kid see a problem in their neighborhood and then dedicate themselves to solving it? What makes them care enough to try? It turns out researchers have given this subject a lot of thought. Hi, this is Carol. Hi, how are you? That's Kendall Cotton Bronk. She's a developmental psychologist at Claremont Graduate University. She spent a lot of time thinking about what lights a fire under kids. And how can we help young people um, to figure out what it is that gives their lives purpose? We define purpose as a long-term intention to accomplish some aim that is both personally meaningful and inspired by a desire to make a difference in the broader world. So there are three components. A purpose is an intention or like a long-term aim. It may not be a goal that you can ever fully achieve. You may find purpose in ending homelessness, for instance. The second part is that it's really meaningful to you. And that third part is that it's inspired, at least in part, by a desire to make a difference in the broader world. So what does that look like in real life? So, yeah, we find people who have purposes in all different areas. Some people find purpose in caring for their families. Um, Other people find purpose in serving um, their communities or in enacting some sort of social change. So people who are out pounding the pavement, knocking on doors, trying to encourage you to get out and vote for the upcoming election. Um, Other people find purpose in their careers. So what's the value of having purpose? What are are the benefits? So the research has 
really uh, been quite clear in this in this area. Um, individuals with purpose report better cardiovascular health, better sleep, even longevity, which is kind of surprising. Um, it's also associated with psychological health. Individuals with purpose report being happier, more hopeful, and more satisfied with their lives. Um, for youth in particular, purpose is also an important indicator of academic uh, success. And this makes sense if you think about it. If you know what it is that you want to accomplish in life and you can see how your schoolwork is going to help get you there, you're likely to find that your schoolwork is just that much more meaningful. Right. That's really interesting. And so if you were to create a recipe for finding purpose in life, what would be the ingredients that go into the bowl? A recipe for purpose. So uh, take an issue in the world um, that you care deeply about. And add to that your, your personal talent um, that enables you to take action around that issue. Um, maybe throw in some stick-to-itiveness or some uh, perseverance. And I think there you have a, a potential purpose. How common is it for youth to find their purpose? In high school, studies find that about 20% of young people report leading a life of purpose. In college, it uh, gets up to maybe about 30 35%. And across adulthood, studies find that about 40% of our adults are able to articulate a clear purpose in life. Kids don't report feeling a sense of purpose until high school, but there are some things we can do to lay a foundation. One of the things that parents can do is really listen to their children. Oftentimes, we don't ask our kids about these kinds of things. We don't ask our kids, what is it that you really want to accomplish in life? Instead, we ask them, you know, did you study for the test on Friday? Are you ready for the game next week? And we don't, we don't often ask them about these long-term, their long-term goals. But in our experience um, interviewing young people, we find that they're really pretty hungry for these kinds of conversations. Um, so when we were uh, first getting started in our study of purpose, we conducted a bunch of surveys with young people all across the country, 45-minute interviews where we just talked about purpose. And at the end of these interviews, so many of the young people said, like, wow, nobody's asked me these questions before. And, and we had young people call us up and say, um, can you send me a copy of the tape or can I get a copy of that transcript? I said some really good stuff and I want to I think more about this. They heard this from so many kids that they wondered. Had they actually helped kids find their purpose with one conversation? So they went back, checked with the kids who had been interviewed, and found, lo and behold... The young people who had participated in these one-time interviews about purpose had significantly higher rates of purpose um, months later. So, yeah, just engaging in conversation, helping young people uh, you know, think about and verbalize and articulate um, is, is often all it takes. We put this idea to the test. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Come on nice in. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, did you find a parking okay? Yes. How can a parent actually broach the big topic of purpose in life? We decided to use William Damon's original study questions as a prompt for a real parent-kid conversation. Carmen is a 10th grader at an art school in the Bay Area. She and her dad, Tim, sat down one Saturday afternoon in their apartment with a list of questions and a plate full of cookies. Uh, so, Carmen, um, maybe you can tell me a little bit about what's important to you, kind of generally. Um, well, music is very important to me, and I do that a lot every single day. I play guitar. You know your child, right? But their answers to these questions could surprise you. What's important to you? What do you care about? 
How do you spend your time? What do you want to be different about the world? And what could you do to make the world like that? Carmen is a musician. She's in a band and plays classical guitar. Her father knows that. It's the focus of her school. Then she starts talking about her love of nature, camping, hiking. I definitely want to be in a job or be in a place where I can do things outdoors or like work on things outdoors or just do Her dad's never heard Carmen talk like this. Suddenly, she's not just talking about playing in a band and occasionally hiking in the woods, but these very concrete trade skills she wants to learn. By hand, you mean like creating and, and, and making or? Tinkering, doing things with my hands and like working on cars or motorcycles. And that's something that I really want to do. Um, but Tim does the right thing. He's curious but not judgmental. He may have opinions about what's best for Carmen, but this isn't the time to communicate a point of view. In having conversations about purpose with your kid, it's especially important not to lead the witness. Instead of saying, wow, that's great, try saying, that's interesting. Finding your purpose has to be internally motivated, or it's not really their purpose. Awesome. Okay, so let's, I'm going to turn it off. I wondered if having this conversation with her dad would have any lasting effect on Carmen. Did it influence the way she thinks about her path? So I caught up with her a few months later. Hello? Carmen? Yeah. Hi. How many months has it been since we had that conversation? It was like like four months ago at least. She'd had some time to think about the conversation and about where she was headed. And you went on a backpacking trip recently? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I spent 10 days up in Shasta. Wow. Yeah. We went out one night um, into the woods when it was probably around 17, um, and we had to build our own shelters and make our own fires, and so I stayed up all night um, tending the fire um, and just sitting there with my fire. And in that setting, she said she found herself thinking back to that afternoon, talking to her father. Did the conversation change how you thought about your path in life? I mean, it did change my mindset a little bit. Um, I was thinking a lot about how I just want to, like, get the ball rolling. Mm. Next year, I'm going to go to a different high school, um, and I want to do things that are meaningful for me um, and that give me purpose. So for me, that includes um, doing more things that put me... I mean, interacting with wildlife and nature and making a difference that way. Um, Mm -hmm. And after our conversation, I realized, like, I I talk about these things, but I feel like doing them and actually getting out into the world would give me more purpose, I guess. I think I definitely said things in our conversation where I hadn't really, like, thought about before and just kind of came out. Um, And I learned a couple of things like about myself that I hadn't really thought about before. And I was thinking about them a lot more like out alone that night, um, just by the fire. And most of it was just like, this is like, you get one go around, obviously. Um, and I'm at a point where I'm slowly getting to adulthood. I have two more years, um, but I'm, I'm getting to the point where it's time to start making decisions. And at the heart of it, she said the conversation sort of nudged her forward, 
to actually act on what she believed in. The biggest thing for me was just I need to start actually doing the things that I want to do and putting them, I mean, taking action, I guess. This meant shifting to a school where she could study more biology, take classes at the local community college, and graduate early. She seemed clear about her path and a little impatient. She wanted to make every day count. I'm actually really happy that we got a chance to talk and that you had all this time to think up on a cold winter mountain. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your taking the time. Thanks. Yeah. When kids imagine their future, there's so much to consider. The world is their oyster. And a fabulous string of pearls and a scientific discovery that saves the oysters from extinction. It's frickin' overwhelming. So overwhelming that we as parents may just want to protect them. Just let them not really think too hard about the kind of life they want to live. But that would be a mistake. Research shows purpose doesn't come knocking on your door. People with purpose pursue having a purpose. That's it for another episode of Like a Sponge. Special thanks to Armando Pisano and the Baron Prize, to Kendall Cottenbronk, and to Carmen and her dad, Tim. And a big thank you to UC Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center and the John Templeton Foundation for making this season of our podcast possible. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes and share this episode with other parents. Enjoy this song by Carmen and her band. Like a Sponge is produced by Carol Lloyd and me, Charity Ferreira, for Great Schools, with sound editing and design by Christopher Ferreira. Special thanks to our managing editor, Jessica Kelman, and to our advisor on the science of character, Rich Lerner, the director of the Institute for Applied Research in Youth Development at Tufts University. Learn more about us at greatschools.org. Greatschools.org.